Hello, all you ghosts and ghouls, you stalkers and TikTokers. Welcome to Magic to My Ears podcast with your hosts, Abby and Grace. It's October, so get ready for some thrills and chills, some eeps and creeps, and most importantly, some good old-fashioned Disney magic. So get comfy and let the show begin. Welcome to Magic to My Ears episode, everyone. The best one to date. Uh, today, we are going to be chatting about one of the best Tim Burton's and the probably the most well-known films ever, Nightmare Before Christmas. I am way too excited about this. Beware for the extra enthusiasm. That- it's very, very... Guys, I don't think you know the extent. She's been <laughs> talking about this topic for the last couple weeks. Like, I can't wait to do this topic. I can't wait to do this topic. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Listen, I love this movie too. I never thought that actually anybody was a bigger fan than me, but I guess I was uh-huh. wrong. <laughs> I'm coming out of two of a Tim Burton fan on top of the movie fan, so it's like it's a double hitter. Yeah, okay, there you go. Because I like Tim Burton fine, but I'm mostly like a Leica Pictures fan, you know, because they did Coraline and you know all those. Mm-hmm. But I guess you're just a Tim Burton fan, so that adds like an extra like. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's like a disney it's a stop motion and it's a it's like a three for three <laughs> trying not to say the other word <laughs> sure <laughs> i like it all right i'm just gonna start <laughs> oh that's i'm gonna move my coffee away so i don't keep drinking it <laughs> is it pumpkin coffee because that would be okay then no that stuff is nasty what that stuff is nasty and you're just asking for a stomach's thing. I I don't know this person. <laughs> Gang, it's, I don't. I've tried pumpkin latte. I just can't with it. Give me chai espresso. That is my fall drink of shorts. <laughs> Abby's gonna murder me. I can see it in her eyes. <laughs> you just love making me mad, don't you? <laughs> I don't know, but apparently it's my specialty. <laughs> go, go, go. Before I before I jump into the scream review, go, go. Yeah, before I have a horror movie hand reaching out of it. <laughs> uh, let's start off with numbers. Numbers are safe, right? No. Um, <laughs> nothing's ever safe now. <laughs> the film was released appropriately to on October 13th in 1993. Film took about you know over three years to make, even though there were 120 people working on it, as well as 12 to 17 animators, depending. Um, stop motion is a passion project for sure, so you know it's gonna take a lot. Of I mean, you have to be really into it, like really invested. Oh yeah, but I, everyone can agree that it was well worth it. Oh yeah, like I look at it now and I'm like, how, what? <laughs> exactly that's all i can say is how what that's it yep that well that's that kind of explains everything (laughs) (laughs) oh so the film had about 24 frames a second okay are you ready for this math meaning that they had about to had to post the characters 24 times per second for each for the you know each scene of the completed film the film has 116 or an hour, I can't even read right now an hour and 16 minutes so 400 
4,560 seconds. Yeah. So they have about, no, I'm not. I'm too excited. That's why I'm squeezing the coffee even further away. <laughs> so it's about 110,000 frames for this film. 110,000. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm, just gonna, I'm letting that sink in for a minute. Because <laughs> it's like a minute of this movie took like a week of filming. A minute. Again, passion project. It's these people are dedicated souls. Yep. Um, and there were as many as 60 characters with only three or four duplicates, which is very impressive. Now, I'm I'm impressed though that you think that that's that that's not that many because I do think that actually three to four duplicates is a good amount because you're hoping that these things don't break anyway. They're very delicate with them. If you watch like the making of, which I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're so delicate with them. I think that they probably did it overboard. They did too many, not mm-hmm. too many, but they went over what they really needed for mm-hmm. duplicates. Well, it's also if they probably, I'm assuming they have duplicates of if they want a variance in face. So instead of having it super angry, they have a kind of angry, see which one they like in the scene. You know how they'll have actors and I could be totally wrong, but you know how they have actors redo a scene and be like, okay, be really mad, now be like kind of mad, now be annoyed, just to yeah. see how the feel of it is. I'm assuming they did that too. I don't know if that's included in this count, but I'm assuming that they had to play around with like, well, how freaky do we want them? Because some of them are like super chill. Some of them, you know, are like the devil always looks mad. So it's like, <laughs> I'm assuming they played around with that as well, which I that's feel true. like kind of counts. Maybe. No, I mean, that's a good point that they probably had multiple, but I, I was thinking more in terms of, like, the main characters, because, like, they, cause we'll get into it later in the episode, but, like, you know, with Jack, they did just had to move his head, they had to take his head off, not this whole body. Yeah. So it's interesting that they had that many duplicates of just, of his body as well as his head. I just mm-hmm. think that's a lot, but moving on. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, speaking of the sculptures, thank you for that lovely little segue. appreciate that. <laughs> not a <laughs> you're just that good uh, the sculpture department consisted of not tens of people but four four I'm just gonna four I don't know how you can functionally use your hands anymore but you know um, and more than 400 distinctly different jack heads as you know Abby had said were used in the film that gave the entire range of motion they needed for his extremely expressive face and it's really cool because i've seen it they literally have like you know a creepy spy like a case you know metal case you open it up and it's just all of the heads yeah. and I'm like who owns that now because i want it <laughs> wouldn't you have to be caught the airport case, with that thing <laughs> sir we need to check this no 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 you don't want to work on the film right it's like yes (laughs) does that make it better if i say yes (laughs) right (laughs) oh it's such a cool idea they were genius whoever thought of that idea i mean there's literally no other way you could do it for such a film but like the idea of that was just brilliant yeah because some of the other characters like um i'm you know a lot of them have hair so you can't just take their head off and just like hope for the best they just have like a little mask so, yes, which is trippy because the hair has to be animated too. I mean, uh, stop motion too. So it's like how it—it oh, it it hurts my brain. It doesn't, but it does. 
out of the it's like a it's a love hate with your brain right now yes i mean i love all of it because i've done stop motion and it's super fun i've done the basics like basic you know but like it's amazing so the idea of like them creating this and the just, just the everything of of everything <laughs> no i mean i i did stop motion when i was a kid as well but it was with paper not with um clay and yeah. my friends and i actually made every year every halloween we would show our friends we made these spoofs of harry potter movies with these I don't know. yeah and i played all the girl characters i was the only girl in the group and my brother played all of the professors and then the other two played harry and ron and oh. every year we would premiere these and just doing paper, like not having to move individual limbs, not having to move heads or anything, just how they walked. It took us months. I know we were kids, but still like with no movable limbs, just paper, it still took months for like a five minute video. So a it's impressive. Feature length film. <laughs> right. Like, God. Over anyway. an hour. Yeah, an hour film. <laughs> Uh, now for the people behind the film, Henry Selleck, love him. He he is the one I love. <clears throat> I love Henry Selleck. He's, He's a good. great director. He does it so well. Um, he was the director as well in this one. And contrary to popular belief, Tim Burton was not the director. He was the producer. Uh, he was the, like the mind behind all of the characters, but he did not direct the film. Uh, the movie was ba- was actually based on the classic poem that we all know and love, uh, The Night Before Christmas. And Tim Burton kind of took it and changed it. And Burtonized it. <laughs> Burtonized it. It was originally only going to be um, Jack and Zero and Santa Claus. And then he's like, no, no, no. We need more characters. This is like, no, 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 no. How about 60? <laughs> How about 60 characters? And not all of them have lines. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Um, so he wrote it to, to fit Halloween and before it was a big time movie, it was originally going to be a festive TV show, which I, I want. <laughs> the second I researched that, I was like, Oh God, Grace is like having a heart attack right now. Knowing that this was almost a thing. <laughs> I want the movie. And then I want like shorts made to like, you know, like even just like a five minute short of like their day to day life. Like I want Jack and Sally's undead wedding. Like I just- <laughs> I want Zero to, like, find a puppy to hang out with. Like, I just, they're adventures I need to witness. What if Zero was the ring bearer for their wedding? (laughs) (laughs) Fighters or something. (laughs) I want to see Lock, Shock, and Barrel kidnap, like, Cupid (laughs) from Valentine's Day. What what if Lock, Shock, and Barrel were, like, the flower girls i know only one of them is a girl but still like what if they were <laughs> scattering petals they just have dead roses and like skulls and stuff well they did flowers for corpse bride you know when she's coming down the aisle they have little skeleton kids throwing the roses anyway moving on <laughs> the tangents beware of tangents listen this is why we make the script so short <laughs> right um so yes, it was going to be a festive TV show, which of course would have been amazing. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it was never completed. Uh, <laughs> uh, this was also done a bit backwards, this movie, compared to other films. The songs were written before the script was, mm-hmm. um, which were done by the one and only Danny Elfman, Woo-hoo! who we all love. Yes. And 
speaking of, for those of you who are more fans of like rock and you know your classic rock and pop, uh, Danny Elfman, you would know him from Oingo Boingo, his band, which I love that name so much. <laughs> right? I know. When I first heard it, I'm like, beg your pardon? <laughs> you can't say that with a straight face. Oh, I'm going to go see Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Not. Can't even say it straight. <laughs> I can't. I can't say it. It's so hard. Uh, but for those of you who don't know who the band is, you might know one of their famous Halloween songs, which is Dead Man's Party. Which is such a good song. It's such a good song. The guitar riff at the beginning, mm, chef's kiss. Amazing. <laughs> uh, Danny Elfman himself, through no surprise, did the singing parts of Jack. He, did, he was not the voice, but he did do the songs. And as well as the creepy clown, the one with the tearaway face. Ugh. Still, yeah, still haunts my nightmares. My mom and I, <laughs> mom and dad and I were watching the other night, and we saw the clown. And my mom went, "Nope." <laughs> She's seen this movie a billion times, and it's her favorite Halloween movie. And she's still like, "Nope." I'm like, it, "It's animated. It's okay." <laughs> uh, as well as the clown with the tearaway face, gross. Um, he also was Barrel from Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Though, for those of you who can't distinguish which one is which, he was the one with the skeleton mask, the little short one. Mm-hmm. And as well as uh, Danny Elfman, the other two, um, the other two kids were played by Catherine O'Hara, mm-hmm. and we know her from um, kind of a bad word coming up, but Schitt's Creek mm-hmm. <laughs> as Schitt's the mom. Creek. Yeah, but it's spelled differently, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> as well as Best in Show, very famous actress, love her, and she also voices Sally, the main female lead which my parents did not know until, like, recently. In the middle of the movie, I told them, you know that's Catherine O'Hara, right? They're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Surprise! Surprise! And then Locke, was, um, she was the voice of Shock, right? Yeah, Shock. And then Paul Rubens was the voice of Locke, who's a little yeah. devil, devil dude. Yeah. I love that trio. It's so great. It's a great, it's a great trio. Uh, and the other voices uh, include Len Page as Oogie Boogie. Yes, love. <laughs> Grace's boyfriend. Yes, please. Oogie Boogie is just... Weird match, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Sarandon as the speaking voice of Jack, mm-hmm. which is, they matched it really well to the singing. It was number, and it's, I think it's great because he's that tiny little skeleton and then just this great big voice comes out. Yeah. He's singing and I'm like, oh, this is so perfect. But it matches, you You would picture that, for whatever reason, now seeing the movie, you're like, I can picture that being his singing voice. Yes. So it works. One million percent. And then uh, Ed Ivory as Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, it was so great. <laughs> well, plus all the voices go well together because some of them totally contradict each other, which makes it even better. Well, it's Halloween time. Nothing makes sense. But I always say, like, I, I think I mentioned this last week, I always say to my dad when we're decorating the house, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's Halloween. It's supposed to look creepy and run down. It's not Christmas. It's a very forgiving holiday. Yes. <laughs> uh, moving on to the set, which is my favorite part. So ingenious. <laughs> the set itself actually had trap doors built into it there's actually one i saw a picture of a guy coming out of the well that jack comes out of the beginning (laughs) popping his little head out and just fixing an arm and then popping back (laughs) the scale of the set is also really interesting it's it's huge 
but yet everything's smaller. Like the set itself, like the the what's the word for it? Geometry, circumference, or the 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 size, the scale. There we go. The scale of the just just the set itself, not the like not the pieces, mm-hmm. is huge. And then you have all these little tiny like doors and little tiny buildings. But this guy could fit inside the well, so I don't really know what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can just see his head popping up and like fixing an arm and then going boop. <laughs> <laughs> and you make that sound effect when he went down too. Yeah, I would do that every time. I'd be like, "Boop, go back down." <laughs> uh, they did this so it was easier for the animators, so they wouldn't have to, you know, reach over. Obviously, maybe wreck something. That'd be bad. And which is really cool. Finally, there are two inventions that were made on the set for this movie. One was to alert the animators one of the onset bulbs broke which this is called appropriately a light alarm. <clears throat> Makes sense. Yeah. And the other allowed the puppeteers to switch out different models of each character when the metal skeleton inside, which is also known as an armature, had a fault. So easier instead of breaking something. Like, again, instead of having to reach over a gigantic set that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, you just kind of fix it. Which is great, too, because the armature usually... You- you attach everything to it so that's nice sturdy. you don't you know get air bubbles or you don't get weird lumps or anything so the fact that they figured out a way to make that removable and fixable and stuff it's kind of like a puzzle piece at that point and just the layers that those characters are really made in that's really smart so that they didn't have to make a bunch of duplicates for everything they just made maybe pieces like they had arms or like tentacles you know like the finer bits that they figured that you know oh if we bend this 50 times it's gonna snap yeah because you know you can only do so much. So I think that was honestly genius because that saved them time, effort, and money, 1,000%. You know, it's amazing what people can come up with when they realize that it could be costing them thousands upon thousands of dollars. Right? It's and like, well, time. And, and exactly. And it's and at this point, I feel like it's not even, I mean, yes, of course, the money. But, like, at that point, it's the time. Because if you factor in, you have to make the characters. And then you have to remake them if needed like you're gonna find every single way to simplify your hardships down the road mm-hmm. so that you don't be like well i guess we're making skeleton number 492 now like <laughs> it's genius i mean especially since in this movie i mean now all of them in particular they all have so many just working pieces not just the characters themselves but like little animals that are in the corner the trees the buildings everything has to creak everything has to do something weird and you have that going on, so you're trying to fix that, and then you have to fix a main character. That's so much time. And you have and... to make sure that there's continuity, mm-hmm. because you're gonna notice, because there's no faraway shots in this film. <laughs> in every scene, there's something right there that you're gonna see every tiny detail of. The only remotely faraway shot, shots, plural, is the one in the beginning when Okie Boogie's in the moon in, the, in This is Halloween, and when mm-hmm. Santa is at the end flying across the moon saying happy Halloween. Those are the only two that are even remotely far away shots. Yeah, and those look animated anyway, not stop motion. Yeah. Those so, are animated, aren't they? Yeah, I I know Oogie Boogie is because you can't get that fluidity of a shadow, like a physical shadow. I don't know about claws. That, that might be a bit of both. That confuses me, though, because um, with the animation factor of it being stop motion and then animation on top of it how do you have that fluidity of it when you're doing it stop motion because they couldn't obviously just have oogie boogie just in one shot say that line because it's all stop motion so if they did that it would look 
choppy. Do you know what I mean? I'm sincerely trying to figure that out in my head. What I just said or how or how it's worked? Or how no, it's worked. a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the latter. I... Follow up. <laughs> That's see. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was watching. Uh, speaking of another stop motion animation, I was watching Corpse Bride, and they had a scene where where it was raining, mm-hmm. and I was like, "How are they doing that? Because it's rain. It's it's actual liquid. It looked like it's real liquid. So I'm like, how do you do that? You can't just pour it on the set and hope for the best. I mean, you have to. It's not like getting a rain machine out there. You have to animated somehow so i don't know if they added that in later or no they couldn't have because she because victoria puts her hand in a puddle of water and it's there mm-hmm. so i'm my my brain is melting okay <laughs> <laughs> let's take a little break so that you can refreeze your brain a bit <laughs> get a solidified back <laughs> sounds good we'll be right back guys Welcome back. Our brains are re-solidified now. Hope yours is too. Um, and for the last bit of the show, um, <laughs> it's going to be focused on the facts about the characters. Um, and just kind of some thoughts because I have some um, fun theories and a little story to tell you about the movie and stuff. Um, plus, I want to ramble on about the film a little bit. So, <laughs> let's start so we can get to that. Um, the Disney was actually pushing for Jack to have the typical warm Disney eyes that they're known for. However, Silicon Burton, thank goodness, knew better and wouldn't budge on the character having the typical skeleton eyes. I cannot picture him with eyes. That's not... I, mm. Well, and what's interesting, if you... I was thinking about this when I was watching it. His expression is still very warm. His eyes are actually very warm, even being these pits. There's just, he's like, he's almost like Mickey Mouse in a skeleton. Like, he has like that same Mickey Mouse kind of face as a skeleton. Like, it's very warm. It's very, it's a very big expression. It's very happy. And if he had those big eyes, I think it would just look silly. It would look like someone threw googly eyes on him. (laughs) That's like, how are they staying in place? Bone doesn't have eyelids. You're right, does not have eyelids. It would be even creepier because you wouldn't have any eyelids. And at the moment, he blinks somehow, kind of. He doesn't blink. And it's like, are you just closing your eye sockets that much? Sure, I'm impressed. Like, they already do that. So it's like, he would just be there kind of like, hi, guys. Plus, I'm sorry, what color eyes would he have? Black? That would be even creepier. So it's like... I mean, maybe brown. I mean, brown is kind of like the closest, I guess, to But like, that would ruin his whole black and white aesthetic. No, listen, I'm glad that they decided not to do it because it would look yeah. really weird. And now all I can picture is Jack Skellington with googly eyes and I don't like it. <laughs> he just turns and the googly eyes of the pupils go everywhere. He's like, raw. Hey, <laughs> Sally. <laughs> really the same thing. Oh, my God. God. Okay. So thank you for that, uh, Burton and Stella. We <laughs> humbly and gracious, gracious. Gratefully, thank you. There are words. Mm. We can't talk today. It's fine. We're too excited about this film. <laughs> and I finished my coffee during the break, which was really Why did you finish your coffee during the break? <laughs> I wanted coffee. <laughs> and it's not even pumpkin coffee, so it's not even worth it. 
you know what? I had a biscotti with it. It's fine. That doesn't, that doesn't equal pumpkin coffee. It does to me. That doesn't even make a little bit of sense. Anyway, go. Anyway, we're, we're going on to Sally now. My okay, so. <laughs> um, so similar kind of like what we were talking about before with uh, Jack's multiple heads for expressions and stuff Sally had different masks they would use to change her, um, to change her expressions since she had long red hair they had to work around so they would literally pop out her face and just pop it back on I think they used tiny magnets they did and which is such a creepy thing to think about like the way you said that is so disturbing sounding they just popped her face off and just put another one on <laughs> It's like the Jetsons. You have the masks for, you know, when you look good, you take it off. You have, like, morning face. It's great. It's like the clown with a tearaway face. It's genius. And it's funny because it's not that weird to me because I really like um, doll repaints. I think they're fascinating. And a lot of time, if they're if you're going to put LEDs in the head, you, you take away part of the head, usually the back of the head, with magnets so that you can insert it and take it on and off for, like, battery change and stuff. So I'm like, I think it's genius that they did that. And there's such tiny like small scale magnets but you have to make sure the orientation is correct and if it's even the slightest bit off it does, so like the detail within that it's genius and it makes it a lot easier however there's so much more complexity to it than it's just like oh you take it off you put it back on you know you have to line stuff up to, I, oh. she's so passionate about this guys i don't think she blinked once during that entire rant so i'm a little <laughs> impressed and a little scared just <laughs> Just a little bit. I don't think I did. And I'm just going to keep smiling until she continues talking because I'm a little scared. I'm going to keep reading. Okay. <laughs> Got started. Um, to, get, to get the scare ideas of the residents in Halloween Town, and I think this is genius, um, the artists were asked to draw them with their non-dominant hand. And I've tried this. I took a live drawing class. I can tell you from experience, it is terrifying what becomes of your drawings with your non-dominant hand. It's, I, <clears throat> they were genius. <laughs> That's why I can imagine, like, like the, the mud guy was made, you know, like that guy with, like, the weird. One million percent, with all the weird wax falling off and stuff. And I was always like, how on earth do you get that for Halloween? I understand he's creepy looking, but, like, I think of the typical, you know, the axe, the guy with the axe in his head. Yes, Halloween. The devil, Halloween. Vampires, Halloween. Mud, dude? Um, You're trying to draw a dude and your hand just goes every two seconds. And they're like, hey, it looks like mud. Perfect. Thank you, John. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> he's actually, this is going to sound really weird, but he's actually kind of, like, adorable sometimes, like, when you look at him. Because he just always looks confused. You know, when, when Jack says, when Jack is, like, picking up the thing that he was trying to make for a present and he goes no 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 this this thing will never make a present he kind of looks up at him like but but like but i tried so hard like, <laughs> like you're stepping on my dreams man yeah <laughs> like he's so cute like i got you mud guy i got you i get it oh. please continue <laughs> yes. and i'm going to continue with one of my favorite characters if not my favorite character period uh oogie boogie <laughs> i love him um so oogie boogie was actually one of the hardest characters to animate not because he always had to make things difficult which i you know it's him uh, but it's because he didn't really have much of a form to manipulate he's kind of a bag you know he's so kind of a bag <laughs> he's a bag you know he's like if uh, a patrick star was a bag you know like so 
they kind of just focused on like the folds and stuff like that and <laughs> don't even get the animator started on filming the scenes where he turns all into bugs because that is nightmare inducing enough i didn't work on it and that's giving me nightmares like <clears throat> literally i read a i read a quote from one of the animators that said this took years off my life <laughs> Because, yes, there are 60 characters, but there's, like, 80 different kind of bugs in him. There's got to be more than that. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. And having to make them move and melt and then move individually, like... That's, see, that's another thing. When we talked, over the break, we were talking about the rain issue, and she kind of explained it to me. But for, like, the thing with the lava and the, whatever it is in the, you know, in Oogie Boogie's lair, that mm-hmm. red lava look and stuff how does that work? Because that looks like liquid too. So like, and then you have all the bugs going in there in like a mosh pit. And so you have all these individual bugs dropping in there. It's such a small scale to work with to get these things to individually drop down into this boiling cauldron or whatever. And move whilst doing that. Yeah. And even the little bug that goes, my bugs, my bugs. And it's like running away. Like that thing is so small. The legs are so small. How do you get them to work in accordance? Is that the work? Mm-hmm. Is that the word? Accordance with each other. It's know? Like, Someone with ADD, another person with OCD, that's that's the team you have to have. <laughs> I have both of those things, and I can tell you right now, would not go well. No. <laughs> with both like, of those I feel like you'd have to have them so that you're able to multitask all of those bugs while having it all in your head. <laughs> But like, like this one just moved here. Oh, yeah, it has to be an individual person with one of each. It can't just be one person with both because I'm pretty sure I would shoot myself because I would be so concerned with how it looks and I'd be like, but these, but they have to move, but they can't move because then it'll ruin it. And then, no, they have to move. Tag team. Tag team. How about that? <laughs> um, finishing up and then we can go on all the tangents we want. It's the last fun one. Um, <laughs> So, there's, there's an Easter egg. Disney did an Easter egg. It's shocking, I know. <laughs> um, so, Jack Skellington himself actually had a cameo in another horrifying, sorry, wholesome, quote-unquote wholesome, um, stop-motion animation, James and the Giant Peach as a pirate captain. I need to look this up again, because I... Tr- I've... <sighs> I've tried watching that film recently because I'm like, oh, I remember this show. It was kind of like giant bugs talking. It was great. You know, I tried to watch it again, and I'm like, this is a nightmare. This is going oh, to I love that movie. Dude, I made it halfway through, not even, and I'm like, I'm scared. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't with these things anymore. I'm scared. No, I can't. Don't, I'm not but doing this. Later. No. <laughs> and the worm. I love the blind worm. I love him. Abby, no. Well, since she didn't get that far into it, I'll remind you who have, who are big fans of this movie, it's the scene when the centipede, I can't, I think his name is just Mr. Centipede, I don't know. He's going to get a compass for the peach, which makes sense, and the, the he finds it on a pirate ship, and he takes it from the pirate captain's office, and the pirate captain, I guess, is like part of the curse or something, which is never really explained, because it's like a two-second scene. But the pirate captain comes alive, and that is Jack Skellington in the flesh, or in the bone, rather. <laughs> and he attacks the centipede, and there's a whole fight scene, and blah, blah. But oh, that's... I just looked it up. Oh, he's so cute. He's cute? He has a beard. Why does he have a beard? Because <laughs> he's a pirate captain. Oh, my 
that's so weird. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just looked this up. I love this. It's so weird. Oh my god. Hey, sorry. I'll stop talking now. <clears throat> We're organized. We're fine. <laughs> no, I just I didn't look it up earlier, and I'm like, oh, I might as well look it up. It's cute. I like it. He that that's like Jack's Halloween costume. You know, is a pirate. <laughs> it's a pirate. <laughs> Great. Um, all right, so I have I have a fam theory that I want to share with you, and I haven't told Abby this, and I really, 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 really hope it's true because it's kind of ingenious, um, and I want to find out within my lifetime if this is true or not. So three of the big Tim Burton stop motion films, right? Right. So we have um, Frank and Weenie, which is the kid and the dog. He brings his dog back to life, right? So the kid and the dog. We have Corpse Ride, which is the guy falling in love with a girl he goes to the other world there's his old dog scraps who's a skeleton now right blah blah blah. that happens and then we have nightmare before christmas which is jack with the girl and zero as a dog boy and a dog adult and finds a skeleton dog skeleton with a ghost dog they're all the same that's the theory the theory is they're all the same just growing up in different phases that's the theory. I, I've heard this theory before. And yeah. I'm not convinced. Um, it's an interesting theory, mm-hmm. but the only thing that stops it, like if it was just a con- direct connection from Frank and Weenie to Nightmare Before Christmas, that would make more sense because it's like the boy and the dog died together. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there's that bit where the dog dies before the boy and so you have Victor who finds him in the underworld. Why isn't he already a ghost? Why is he bones? You know, why is the dog a pile of bones and not zero? And his, okay. name, is also, and his name is also Scraps, so he has a different name. Well, yeah, no, well, if you ignore the names, because they all have different names. Yeah. You know, the guy from Corpse Bride isn't Jack. No, his name is Victor. Yeah. Um, But, I don't know, I still... I still if you don't look at the technicalities <laughs> there are so many technicalities so many i know but if you don't look at the i like the i like the idea that that the general flow of it plus you don't know maybe once the bones disappear then you turn into it. plus it's halloween town so in halloween town maybe he is a ghost but like the but i don't know i like the idea okay don't Grace step on this really for- wants us to be it true so she's just pulling at every string she possibly can i sincerely think it's a genius and i feel like tim burton would do something like this because he has that kind of thoughtfulness in each individual movie so why wouldn't in total you know i don't know i like the idea it's fun it's one of the few disney theories you know that i subscribe to (laughs) because it's i don't know i like the idea of it it's it's cute you can kind of create a storyline of it in your head separate from the plots you know no i mean if you want if everybody wants to believe in it that's fine with me i don't i don't really see it but i get it (laughs) yeah if that's your thing whatever makes you happy dude i'm whatever (laughs) (laughs) it just hurts my brain so i just choose not to delve too deep into it fair enough (laughs) the only disney thing i subscribe to because you actually see proof of it is that eugene and rapunzel went 
to Elsa's coronation because you see it in the film as an Easter egg. You see them walking down the, the path to the castle. That is, that is the only one that I will believe. I don't believe that they're cousins. People are saying that they're cousins, which makes no sense. Well, actually, I could because she and Anna kind of look. That, that one's okay. I, I kind of subscribe to that one. But because there's evidence, you actually see them go to the castle. So it's like. But there's also other stuff like um, you see Belle in Hunchback of Notre Dame. So those two are supposedly happening kind of same time ish. I love that you had to put the accent in when you said Notre Dame. I didn't even mean to. That just kind of happened. <laughs> but the thing is, you didn't even do French accent. You just like did like a little like curl of your R. Like it wasn't even. It took three years of French. There are some things that I cannot say without. <laughs> Okay, Notre Dame is part of it. Again, whatever you want. <laughs> also, before I let you you talk about you know your opinion of the film and stuff, I have to take over again, and I wanted to tell you and everyone listening about the where was it Hollywood Bowl? Um, they did a screening two years ago. I don't remember. I was with Cameron at the time. Um, People don't know who that is. Right, X. Um, (laughs) He's a big fan of um, Nightmare Before Christmas, and specifically Danny Elfman, Oingo Boingo. It's like, yo, there's this thing. You go to Hollywood Bowl, you sit outside in the big amphitheater, they play the movie, and they do the music live, right? So they do the song, and they're singing, and Catherine O'Hara, and um, everyone was there, and someone else, I'm, I'm horrible with his name I don't know why I can't remember his name um but the guy one of the guys from Who's Line um who actually did one of the voices came and he was like hosting and stuff it was great I loved him um but so you go we went we watched it and it was really fun um and it was amazing having like live you know singing and music and stuff it was great the kids singing behind us wasn't great but you know it's fine it's <laughs> Um, but at the end, Danny Elfman and Oingo Boingo came out, and they did Dead Man's Party. They did, I think, two songs, and it was it was cute because I have a video of Cameron like freaking out, like geeking out to this band. But and I never really listened to them. Like I, I of course I knew of Danny Elfman through the movie, but I'm like, but after that, I'm like, ooh, these guys are good. This is fun. Plus, the entire experience was just amazing. Seeing it on the big screen and, like, having a Oogie Boogie sing alive was, like, it made my life. <laughs> it was great. Um, but it was it was such a cool experience, and I really hope that that can happen again. I don't think, um, I don't think Oingo Boingo did it the next year. I think our the one we saw might have been their last one. But I hope they do it again, just for, first of all, I want to see it again. <laughs> just for the sake of everyone who wasn't able to see it. And some people left, and then Oingo Boingo came out, and I'm like, you fools! <laughs> you leave before the end credits of Avengers, don't you? <laughs> like, like, uh, it was just such a fun experience. So after all this, you know, mayhem um, is over, if, huh? After all this nonsense and craziness yes. and... <laughs> this after this is over <laughs> if y'all if y'all haven't gone and see, done you know the hollywood bowl and stuff it's 
worth it it was so much fun just the experience of you know you bundle up outside and it's just oh it was so much fun it was so great no my dad and I tried to go one year and it was like booked like two months ahead of time yep (laughs) (laughs) like you had to get your tickets like the second they opened up the 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 sales otherwise you weren't getting in. (laughs) basically I think Cameron's like yep they went on sale I'm buying them okay bye and I'm like cool okay (laughs) (laughs) great (laughs) I'm not gonna say no I have a Sally uh jacket I'll wear that like (laughs) I just love it and I think it's really fun that the songs kind of dictated the script like they probably had like you know the plot line and everything but the fact that the songs were such a big part of what happened with the wording and everything because it's everything's very it's not rhyming but there's a musicality to even especially how he speaks but just how they talk and what they talk about like it just it's a very fanciful movie and I feel like since they started with such fun creative very themed songs I feel like that really changed the direction of it you know because a lot of Disney movies it is in reverse you know you have the talking bits and it's almost like they're saying their thoughts but in song you know and I like that it's the other way around you know like you have these songs and you speak in order to get to the next song almost and I like it's everything from the way Jack speaks to the way he moves is very elegant I guess could be the word uh it's very very movement based Mm-hmm. And so the songs have to reflect that. And I think knowing going in, the songs were made before. I, I mean, Jack was already a character, but I'm sure the songs dictated a little bit more about what he was going to be like. And because every character has their way of moving. Like Sally kind of walks very daintily. She doesn't go very fast. She's very careful in her movements. Jack is very, he's very graceful, but he's all over the place. He's just kind of hopping from one thing to the next, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and then you have Oogie Boogie, who's just this, burlap sack of evil and just kind of moving around <laughs> what do you want from me he's a he's a hacky sack of evil he's a i don't know he's a beanbag of evil there we go evil beanbag but a bug bag of evil a bug bag god he because he his his whole theme is very jazzy like i was this is fun so i was listening before october came around i was listening to because i'm literally an 80 year old woman i was listening to old-fashioned jazz songs and this one came up and it literally had the exact same um and entry uh, and exact same opening bit with a trumpet or with a saxophone or something that oogie boogie's hat that oogie boogie has it's the um the when he rolls the dice and you hear the you know that it had that exact same opening and and i'm like wait a minute this song is now owned by disney because i was i was listening to it through the jungle cruise um line cue music that you can find on youtube mm-hmm. it's really fun to listen to i highly recommend and so that song is owned by disney so i was like i this came first so it's interesting to think did they just listen to the song and go oh that would work really well for this or is it just a totally common jazz thing but a bit of both i'm sure yeah 
But anyway, I find it interesting that each of the characters have their own little, like, theme. Because Oogie Boogie's very jazzy. Jag's very graceful. Sally's very careful in in her movements and her emotions. She doesn't get too close to Jack right away. She's very um, calculated, and she doesn't want him to jump into anything. He's very all over the place, and his mind is very, I want to do this now. And she's like, wait a minute. Like, did you really think this through? He's like, I don't care. It looks fun. I'm going to do it. (laughs) <laughs> so it's interesting to see that it's I love to see that in character like development as well that's good point I haven't really thought about the movements because the, they really are based on the character you know Ogi is like this big guy and he like just kind of slouches around everywhere but his the they made an emphasis of his hands I guess um, or lack of. I don't know what they are though <laughs> but the tips of the the bags, yeah. you know, they they focused on that a lot because it's like if you move a bag, you're like boom, there's the corner, you know. Yeah. Uh, with Jack, he can bend like there's no tomorrow and stuff and shrink, and it's like yeah, because there's no muscles restraining him. And Sally, she is very like kind of all over the place because nothing is attached; it's all leaves and stitching and stuff. But I think what's interesting about her character that is that she's really not all over the place until she jumps from balconies to get to Jack and that's her one moment of weakness when she when her limbs fall apart is her one moment of well, I mean, throwing like, caution to the wind I mean like yes she walks gracefully but like if you look she's like she, she'll like she has like a sway about her there's it's not like um where Jack can move like you know like normally like you know more human she has like a non-human way of moving and how her wrists bend more than they should and stuff oh, like that oh you're right because of how she is made. And okay, here's a question, because I've never I've never fully understood this. Is she a rag doll? Is she more like a voodoo doll? Like what obviously she's a doll, but like what category would she I'm assuming rag doll, especially with the hair. I think she's more of a rag doll because there's never any implication of voodoo. Like there's no needles stuck in her or anything. And I think Disney, knowing Disney, like they're very fanciful thinking they would have like a little heart on her, like, you know, where they would stick the needle or something like that. Oh, no. I think That's she's much more of a rag doll because okay. she falls apart a lot too. Ragdolls are very flimsy and very like, yeah. you, you throw them on the ground, they just go. Yeah. And, and she of, has like the yarn hair. and stuff. The yarn hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've always thought that, but like, Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, oh, there was another character I wanted to discuss. Um, Dr. Finkelstein. Oh my god, thank you for bringing him up, because, like, oh my god. <laughs> he's an interesting character, and not only is he interesting, he's hysterical. And they they drop something in there that makes me laugh every time. When he's leaning over his desk and looking at x-rays or something, I don't know. Sally's bringing him his lunch, which turns out to be poison as one does and Hmm. he opens his head and like and like goes through his brain i'm like he's picking his brain like that's the joke is that he's picking his brain (laughs) i never i just thought that he was scratching his head but instead he was scratching his brain he's picking his own brain he's picking his brain because he was looking at x-rays and like studying so he's like thinking like oh i need what what is this what is that i okay that's kind of genius that takes it to a whole nother level oh my god i was so happy when i figured that out as an adult (laughs) (laughs) that character sincerely is the one thing in this movie that actually freaks me out because all of it's very fanciful 
all of it's very fanciful and fun. He sincerely gives me the willies. I love his character, blah, 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 blah. He gives me the willies. Don't ask me why. Because there's, there's no reason that I can define. But whenever he comes on screen, I'm like, mm. You I'm- literally love scary stuff. And a animated doctor who opens his brain is what throws you off. It's the, it's the voice. It's, he has teeth, and, but weird teeth. And he's a <laughs> duck. And he... He's a duck. He... <laughs> Because, like, I love DuckTales, but, like, this is, like, <laughs> DuckTales makes Frankenstein, and then he Frankenstein brides himself. Like, I just... And oh, he's a creepy dude. Like, he, he made an assistant daughter thing, and he just... He's you know, and I'm, he's just... I just... I'm almost positive he wanted Sally to be his wife. Don't go there. No, 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 because, listen... Because when he's making his new wife, he says, you will be more help to me than that Sally would ever be. Mm-hmm. So he's totally comparing the two. And he's like, I wanted Sally to be my wife, but she doesn't care about me. She wants the other guy. So I'm going to make you. Oh, that's creepy. That's... See, I've always thought of it more of an assistant slash turn into a daughter who you lock in the room because she's like rebellious. Kind well, of I think it turned into that, but I think he originally wanted her to be his wife, and then he's like, well, she's not going to do that, so I'm going to lock her away. So yeah. I think it did turn into more of, like, an assistant daughter thing, but I think his initial thing going into it was, I'm going to make myself a perfect wife. Yeah. So creepy, but at least he understood that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> True. I do find it funny that he basically then made himself as a chick. Ha! <laughs> Pun intended. Um, but, and that turned into a good wife. Oh, no. The when he says careful my precious jewel I know I'm just, see and I just and also those those the skeleton reindeer that they use which he made I hate I hate I, hate. I think they're kind of funny no they are not hey, funny I, I, I love her he's just like, like I just <laughs> I, I don't understand what is scary to you anymore I, I I feel like literally right now, like a ghost could possess you and be like, this is cool. And then <laughs> I would put on, happened. and then I would put on like James and the Giant Peach and you would run crying from the room. Like, I don't understand what affects you these days. Okay, here's the thing. There's a difference between scary and creepy. And there's also like an uncanny valley. Uncanny valley is just not okay. But well, here's uncanny the- valley we're getting into the Polar Express, but that's like a different true well i mean about like the skeletal structure of i don't know it's weird and their teeth i don't know it's weird and it's funny because yes i'm bringing it up again don't don't hate me in harry potter you know that i forget their name but like they're the skeleton horses that are nestrals those yes those i think are beautiful yes they're kind of eerie but they're beautiful no they're cute exactly so why why am i okay with that which is in sense creepier because there's the skin and the forming and the eyes and they have a beak and like but like it has a beat. But, but like, but like in in Nightmare Before Christmas, the reindeer. I hate those things and how they make the cracking sound. I think it's funny when they look at Jack when he go when he he goes, "It's Christmas time," and they look at him and go, ah. "Like I think that's I hate funny. that." That is like my least. I just I hate it. I don't. I can't stop I, it's creepy. 
creepy. That doctor's just creepy. I don't know. He's just creepy. He's just really creepy. Yeah, you see, as a normal child, I thought that Oogie Boogie was scary. But, like, he's, I didn't, like, I used to have to close my eyes at the beginning of um, the Oogie Boogie song when he um, comes to, when, like, the, the light shoots on him and he's just kind of, like, black and white and, like, the, like, you know, when he goes, well, 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 and it's, like, he's not really, like, fluorescent yet. He's, like, yeah. this dark shape that used to freak me out as a kid. Well, he's the boogeyman, you know? Like- yes. And I but love like, that part that they made him the boogie man. Yeah, and the boogie man. I love a boogie boogie, not boogie. Like, not just boogie. Yeah, right. I'm the oogie boogie man. And yeah, love that song, too, because I'm sorry, I love everything about him. I love his character. It, just listen. And so it's great to hear the person when you're in the Haunted Mansion holiday when you come to the end and he's doing the, the wheel thing and you're like, hi, oogie boogie. Maybe. <laughs> I just love it too because there's a scene. Um, I don't know if anyone listening likes um, Looney Tunes. There's this. There's an old Looney Tune episode that, and yes, it's relevant. I swear. <laughs> and that um, I forget what turns into it, and I need to find this episode again because it's hilarious. But Bugs goes and is dealing with this just really like punk of a guy, and he like works at this shoe store or something, right? And Bugs, you know, cross dresses into you know a really cute chick, you know, like like he does um and he's messing with him and there's a scene where he has like a fake like model like a um like a mannequin leg so he has a cute you know curvy leg with a tiny foot and the guy's just like haha you know like tickle tickle kind of flirting with in a really creepy way and that exact scene he ends up pulling the leg away and he's like what that yeah. exact scene is in the movie of nightmare before christmas and i'm like okay which came first i need to look this up because this is amazing because it's the exact same scene (laughs) it's fantastic two of my favorite things have combined (laughs) well you know the guy who ran looney tunes wanted to buy disney oh why does that not surprise me in the slightest (laughs) listen to my first episode guys you'll hear all about this he literally tried to buy disney tried to buy mickey he tried to buy everything (laughs) dang oh is that why um and Roger Rabbit, they were kind of combined, and everybody was there, including Looney Tunes and those guys. Maybe. Like, at, one po- at one point, Mickey Mouse and Bugs shake hands. Oh, yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've only seen that movie, like, once or twice, so I don't really remember. Maybe I like that movie a lot. but Maybe that was an homage to that. that... Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to look up some timelines. That would be interesting. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll let you guys go with just a few... A few, few little uh, th- favorite things about the movie that we love. Um, like, okay, Grace, what's your favorite line from the movie? Oh, God. You go first, because there's too many. I have, I have to I, I have to think of it, because it's, it's, it's one of Oogie's, but I'm trying to think. <laughs> okay, what about what's your favorite song? Oh, Oogie Boogie's song, okay. of course. Easy. Sally, Sally is a second. Very close. Yeah, mine... I really, I really love, this is Halloween, of course, because it's a classic. Of course. But I also love Sally's song, and I love Kidnap the Santa Claus. That one's really fun. That that entire sequence is hilarious. Well, I you should see me singing this in my car. I look like a psychopath because I'm singing all of the parts. 
and I'm just I saw somebody looking at me one time I was driving down back into my canyon and we were, there's a stop sign right there's a stoplight right above the canyon and I'm just stopped there and I'm just singing it and I'm doing all the parts and I see this woman next to me in the car next to me just staring at me like do I need to call somebody like is this like okay <laughs> I was like, it's fine, it's fine. You continue with your day. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, just go away. It's like, it's fine, it's fine. Don't fine, please stop looking at me. Stop, please stop looking at me. <laughs> um, favorite lines probably when Ogie is talking to Santa Claus and like that, you know, his little, his little. He's sing songy, but he's also kind of you know taunting Santa Claus, and I just love it. It's like you're joking me. You jokingly. I can't believe. My- I'm I'm not gonna sing it. I swear. Um, <laughs> he's Asian he's ugly I don't know which is worse my split a seam now if I don't die laughing first I just love that I just think it's it's so funny the rhyming is amazing the rhyming scheme is amazing that that whole just I just I love his aesthetic (laughs) I love his entire aesthetic again that's the whole you know bye bye doll face like I just do do oogie boogie makeup for one of your things online I don't know what how am i first one bringing this up to you how have you not talked about this idea yourself i might just need to do a week of nightmare before christmas like do but like do all of your face like do like the whole thing oh god i'm not good at face paint i did one good face paint in my life one once <laughs> i hate face painting hit on me oh but i will i will i will do let's see that the not next week. The week after. The week of Halloween, I will do the Nightmare Before Christmas main characters. And I'll turn it into, like, a thing. It'll be good. Because I, I need a week-long thing for Instagram anyway, because it's been a hot minute since I've done that. <laughs> and if nobody knows what I'm talking about, I have my, my personal Instagram is my makeup. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Not just, you know, going out and about, because I'm not that crazy. <laughs> Although... <laughs> And then to finish up, my favorite, um, my favorite line is actually really stupid, but I love it, is when Dr. Finkelstein is fixing Sally's arm, mm-hmm. and he says, that's twice you've run away now, you, you've, you've poisoned me and run off, and she goes, three times, <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> such, such sass. No, because she's so happy about it, she's like, three times, <laughs> It's like I've tricked you three times, dum dum. <laughs> I love I love Sally. <laughs> anyway, we'll stop holding you guys hostage now. Yes. Grace, if you want to take us out. <laughs> yes. Um well or desperately die. I'm not gonna do the whole thing. Um this brings us <laughs> to the end. Thanks all for listening again. Um we hope you love the movie as much as us. We hope you have a desperately good time. Um it's not just a bunch of hocus pocus. <laughs> um Everybody's, yeah. like, throwing themselves out their car windows right now. You know um, what? <laughs> it's cute. Shut up. Don't question my script. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at magic to my ears with the decimal points. Decimal points are called periods. Periods. And it's lowercase m. And we also have an email address now, mm-hmm. which is at, which is bun and bat at gmail.com. Let us know anything you want. Um, Literally, time, guys, because we have nobody sending anything in, which is so sad to admit, but it's true. So please, 
Yeah, let us know what you think. If there's any comments, if there's any topics you want us to discuss. Abby loves researching, so let us know. Abby loves researching. Um, <laughs> and if there's anything that we're doing that you want us to keep doing or stop doing, if there's anything that, I don't know, maybe we're annoying. <laughs> Who knows? Just let us know if there's anything that you need us to change, and we'd love I'm it. Pretty, I'm pretty sure that's part of our aesthetic, but okay. That um, we're doing? Well... <laughs> Also, I, I I will definitely try and play on Nightmare Before Christmas. So if you have any interest in makeup, you can follow me at Graceful Makeups, you know, on Instagram. Shamelessly plugging myself there. Um, I've done some Disney, so I did a whole Disney week before. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Yeah. Um, so thanks again for listening, and we all hope you have a spooky, califragilistic, expialidocious day. Abby, don't give me that look. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye, guys.